There have never been more options for your next vehicle, but the right choice has never been clearer. That's because Toyota has a high-performing hybrid built for your exact needs, like the stylish all-new Camry XSE Hybrid and Venza, the spacious Highlander and all-new Sienna with more cargo space, and the fuel-efficient and high-performing RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota hybrids save you time and money, filling up less often at the gas station. And of course, all with 10-year, 150,000-mile warranty on new models. Take the next step. Visit Toyota toyota.com slash hybrid or your local Toyota dealership to learn more. ¿Qué tal amigos? Mi nombre es Roman Rojas y Tremenda Vaina es el podcast donde te contamos cuatro historias que desafían la realidad. De las cuatro historias solamente una es mentira. ¿Cuál será? En el último episodio de Tremenda Vaina te contamos de un muchacho en China que vendió una parte de su cuerpo para comprarse un iPad. ¿Será verdad? ¿Será mentira? Suscríbete en iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify o tu plataforma favorita. También nos puedes seguir en Twitter, Instagram o Facebook. All right, you guys, this is the part of the show, uh, Latinos Out Loud, uh, that we interview someone, gonna use the word again, amazing, amazing. And when she, he is a friend, whenever they're a friend, Like, it's even more amazing. I mean, they're all friends, really, but, like, she's special. You know her from Full Frontal with Samantha B. You may know her from Comedy Central's Alternatino. You may know her from Kat Dashians. I mean, I could go on and on. You may know her because she's been on the show before. She's a hilarious gal. Her name is Carmen Mendoza. Yay! Yay! I, can't I don't know who's it. I don't know who's more excited, like Frank or Frank. Because Frank, Frank's been asking for you for yes. so long. Frank, you're Carmen. like kin you're like kindred spirits. Truly, truly, I was about to say that. I just I see this book out of the corner of my eye that says full moon, and it's like pictures and stories about the moon. And that's how Frank and I became thick as thieves. Because the first <laughs> episode, we were talking about like colonies on the moon. So, you know, I'm all he, about the conspiracies and ancient alien theories, you know? He does bring you up sometimes in certain topics. He's like, man, if Carmen was here, I would love to hear, I would love yes. to hear her take on this. It's like he doesn't want us as co-hosts. Like he kind of <laughs> wants you and not us. Well, I'm here today, Frank. We're going to talk crazy shit. Yes, yes. It's so good to see you. You must be tired. Yes. You had a very busy last few days, right? Yes, yes. I got to direct uh, Old School Sketch Show, which is, uh, you know, the flagship show for the People's Improv Theater now that they've gone digital. It was our first... Yeah, wow. it was our first live box office, right? So, um, you know, shout out to the pit, to the People's Improv Theater, because they're one of the few comedy theaters that dare to stay open. And, um, you know, they're, they're doing their best to still have a platform for people like us. You know what I'm saying? Like Jamie, like Rachel, you know, we love our sketch comedy and it's so sad that we can't be on that stage anymore. So, yay, I got to do the first digital show and it went, it went great. 
Did, did anybody catch it? If not, it's okay. It'll be on YouTube soon. <laughs> yes. No, I didn't catch it, but I saw all the promo, saw some BTS. You know, I follow old school sketch show, which you guys yeah. should too. On yes. Instagram, they post some mm -hmm. really good stuff. So this was your directorial debut for old school sketch show because you've been in it yes. several times as an actor yes. writer. Yes, my so my what was debut. That like? It was great. It felt it felt right. <laughs> it felt, it right. felt appropriate. It felt right. Um, and I had a great cast. And so, you know, you can't ask for much else. I mean, uh, you know, the producers of the show, uh, you know, Sean, uh, Jane, Slaney, they're so helpful. And, you know, they're just and they and they bring the best people, right? Rachel, mm. you've done that show before. They've got such a catalog of great actors um, and performers. So it was a lot of fun. What can I say? And you can definitely tell that like the show has my flavor in it. You know, I had like, a, <laughs> mm -hmm. I uh, there's this segment called RuPaul Reads the News, which I'll put up <laughs> on my Instagram at some point. But uh, it had that, it had that Latina, female feel and you know what that's how we should start the new year okay <laughs> yes okay i was gonna ask you how many latino characters were in the show a la carmen mendoza because oh, you man. always represent it's true unfortunately my cast was incredibly diverse uh but i was the only latina so you know <laughs> but you still, stand but out still. you stand out you know you know um, but it was it was lots of fun are you getting used Congrats. to the are you getting used to the whole performing on Zoom aspect of it? Or? Yeah, definitely. Oh, for sure. And um, you know, you have to evolve. We have to evolve as performers. And right now it's sink or swim, baby. And Rachel, mm -hmm. you and I did old school sketch show together in September. And yes. we and the show is great because it's part pre-recorded, like 20, 25 minutes of sketches that the, you know, the actors and the performers create in less than five days. Then the last day is reserved for a rehearsal because we do improv and then there's the live show. So really we're creating a show in five to six days. Rachel and I were improv partners for the sketch. And Rachel, that was the best sketch ever. Like we need to write that uh, out. And it was so good. Wait. Explain to everybody what that segment is like, because it's it's intense, bro. Whether and I did old school sketch show at the pit and then I did the virtual one. Both felt as intense, even though I was in the comfort of my own home wearing no pants. So please tell everybody what that's like. Okay. It's so intense. OK, so basically, you know, uh, the show streams live on Facebook. And when you're streaming on Facebook, you know, people can chat. So we try and mimic uh, a real theater as much as possible. We ask, you know, the viewers for suggestions. And so then they type in the suggestions and then we have to improvise. We get split up into two groups, you know, like three groups of two, something like that. So Rachel and I had the best setup, though. OK, <laughs> we were Rachel Told was Jamie the about devil. <laughs> Talk about it. So, Jamie, I told Rachel you about this. Was Yes, Rachel was the devil and I was Steve, the Verizon guy. Oh, <laughs> and the whole joke is that like Rachel's trying to get good internet like down in hell, <laughs> but like something like that, right, Rachel? And my internet cut out like in the middle of it. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, that's that's the devil like punishing me, but it just oh. worked out perfectly.
And he was summoned to hell because he was a traitor. Remember, he was with AT&T and then he went over to, or, or where was he first, Steve? Was it AT&T, then Verizon, or vice versa? Yes, he was in Verizon first and then AT&T. <laughs> and, um, and basically, like, what I think, like, to pay for the best internet, you had to, like, you had to, like, give me in exchange, like, people down in hell or something. Or people's <laughs> like the price of good internet was like your soul. It was <laughs> Which fun. I could all agree, right? Man, you're streaming, your internet streaming will make or break you. Yeah. It mm. is so true. So true. So I, I, all right. Congrats on old school sketch show. And are you going to direct more? Like after this show, do you now have a little bit of fiebre? Oh, for sure. But at the end of the day, um, I like to focus on my performing. <laughs> you know? okay. Do you have any advice for people that I, I know there's probably some some performers that they feel like they they can't really adapt what they do on stage to, you know, this kind of forum online, Zoom or wherever else, you know, YouTube, YouTube live. Um, what do you have any advice for people that are still afraid to kind of take that leap? Oh, yeah, man. And here's the advice. Take the leap. You do not have to be perfect, right? Don't let perfection hold you back. You know what I'm saying? You have to be fearless. That's honestly my advice is be fearless because you have to reinvent yourself. It's sink or swim, baby. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So don't be afraid. Put yourself out there. And I feel like all of these online shows have been incredibly receptive and uh, your audience is is there for you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They understand that you're a performer that's had to adapt and perhaps they'll even, you know, respect the process even more. But my advice is you guys just do it. Just Let's figure it out. It. It and just do it because uh, if you really want to be seen, to be heard and for your art to have a platform, you need to take it upon yourself. <laughs> Make sure you have good Wi-Fi and then just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Carmen. With the devil. I got a connection with Steve. Yeah, get the Steve. Get that connection with Steve. He's gonna go to T Mobile next. That's my uh yeah. Even, even 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 that sketch is a good example of like taking advantage of, of it's a great idea that's that is very um specific to maybe being in in you know being in a Zoom room. You know what I mean? It's like you get a yeah. you know, it's a call between two kind of people and then it's a little exaggerated i mean that, that that shows that you have to think in writing as well think outside the box you know and find yeah. ways to make it work and with that being said like rachel when we when we did hilarious you you know we pretty much i think like our first show was 100 percent socially distant all right yeah. like you we're doing this not even like when I'm writing these sketches we're not together we're in completely different states cities boroughs um and don't let that stop you don't let the fact that you can't meet up with people stop you from creating a sketch from doing something because look zoom exists green screens exist you know editing exists so it's like you know would you do a, no show there, you do a show there's some people that do shows like for small groups of people, like in like parking lots and, you know, like gas uh -huh. stations or like drive-ins or like, are, is that something that you would consider? Like when things get maybe a little bit semi-safer, would you, would you do an outside show in a parking lot or something? Okay. So I'm, I'm not a stand-up, so I don't know how sketch or like improv would play out. You can do I, it. I do feel really bad for these comics. Like I went to this 
uh, HBO, what's this guy's name? This guy from SNL did like some stand-up thing in a parking lot for HBO and like- all Oh, these Colin Quinn. Colin Quinn. So I yeah. was at that in a vehicle. Uh, Sam Jay uh, is one of my favorite comics. You know, she's a writer for SNL. Yeah. Um, and you could just, so I was like front row, but you could just tell, like we had to like figure out ways to like cheer for them, like honk at them, like blink mm -hmm. the light. Like stick your hand out the window and like, <laughs> their but unfortunately for them, and I and I and I'm saying it, I'm being honest, but they they felt they you could tell that they felt awkward. It yeah. must be so hard to be up there and like yeah. not hear the laughs and like not hear the you yeah. know the comedy, you know, and and honestly doing these shows like on Facebook Live when we're streaming or even YouTube when we stream live on YouTube, people can comment as they watch and the comment section is popping. You know what I'm saying? Like it's lots it's fun. of fun. Yeah. And I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm ready for a parking lot. I would do a parking lot show. Get me the fuck out of this house, okay? <laughs> Get me the fuck out. I'll mask up, I'll hazmat up. <laughs> Let's, let's do a show. Room but 28, hilarious. Anybody, please call me. I feel like the podcast could, could play out well live in the parking lot. Yeah. Great idea. Great I idea. Think, I think you guys could. Like, uh, you know, like either they can listen from their car or something or you blast it on megaphones. But I think you guys have such a community that up, up in Washington Heights, if you did that, I bet you people would I love it. It would be us in a park with rats and squirrels. and. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I, I need to see other living things. And at this point, rats are acceptable. I just want to see other living things. You know what I mean? I only want to um, see rats. Okay, speaking of... Um, nah, not rats. But uh, <laughs> doing your thing. Because you're doing your thing. I see you, Carmen. Let's talk about comedy for democracy. Mm. Talk about building your own platform, A, but part B to that is doing it with purpose. Mm. So could you tell all the listeners about comedy for democracy? Yeah. I mean, you guys know me, and I think anybody who, who, who gets to know me after just a little bit knows that, you know, politics are of huge interest to me, um, that it's it's just so much a part of me, right? And, um, you know, I used to intern in the Senate. I used to be an intern for Barack Obama. I used to be an intern for the Ooh, Congressional wow. Hispanic Caucus wow. Institute. And wow. so these are things that I've carried with me. And um, and honestly, when I went to D.C., I, I was... I was like, it was a really tough environment. Like I, I just saw actually that Kamala Harris like put a post on Instagram and she was like, my first time what, working in the Senate wasn't as a Senator, it was as an intern in the Senate. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, I'm so curious what her experience was like, because I know that mine was tough. It was hard. Like I, maybe I was too young, I was 19, but it was difficult to be in an environment like that. But, um, you know, that didn't, perhaps it steered me away from wanting to work in Washington, but that didn't take my passion away about 
staying informed and staying active. And, uh, you know, I've been living in New York for 12 years. When I moved here, I started volunteering with an organization with the National Association of Latino Elected Officials. And they have an, an, uh, an endeavor, a project called Ve y Vota, which is essentially, um, you know, a campaign to help Latinos go and get to the ballot box. So I was trained as uh, a person that would answer questions on a hotline, right? So I would, people could call this hotline, you know, we would be advertising on Univision and perhaps it was Telemundo, all the Latino radio stations. And so people would call and I'd be like, okay, you're registered. Here's what you need to do to register. So I had this wealth of information about voting, like just in my back pocket, because I had been volunteering with this organization for so many years. And obviously, you know, I love my sketch comedy and, um, and then literally like it just clicked one day. And I was like, this is just how it needs to be like I need to combine what I know about voting and my comedy and I'm very specific about voting because um Frank I mean we've talked about this every time we talk I'm like Frank you gotta vote you gotta register you gotta vote <laughs> because because really it's like I understand that you don't that you're not into policy that you're not into politics blah 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 I get it but the bare minimum that you can do as the citizen to make our democracy function for everybody is vote, right? Mm. So I created, I created Comedy for Democracy. Literally, the goal is to reach people through comedic content and inspire them to civic action. So all of my sketches are not only teaching you things, uh, but really it's just to show people that the democratic process is for everybody. It's for me, it's for you, it's for, it doesn't matter what your socioeconomic background is, it doesn't matter anything, you know what I'm saying? I, I even, I had, oh, it was just, it was just one, it was kismet. It was the universe coming together, just like Carmen, this is what you have to do. So I created this campaign. Um, so I'm creating comedy campaigns. And my first campaign is, was called Mean Girls Vote. And so oh, I reimagined Tina Fey's, yeah, Mean Girls, like what would Tina Fey's Mean Girls be as a diverse group of women talking not about who's gonna win prom queen, but who's gonna be elected as the president of the United States, right? And I specifically diversified the cast um, and I got to make some great connections with the hip hop caucus. They brought me under their wing and uh, specifically they have a, a project called um, Respect My Vote. And so then we launched a campaign where we help returning citizens register to vote. So I created another campaign called Felon Voting Rights um, because if you've done the time, you know what I'm saying, you're allowed to be a returning member of society and, and, and gain access to the ballot box. And uh, I mean, what can I say? It was just received so well. And it just goes to show that we need to be more creative about how we get people involved in the democratic process. Carmen, we always talk about, we, we, we touch on politics, you and I. One thing I want to touch on, like, that went on right this year. What do you think about the whole, like, Latinos for Trump that, you know, we come from all, all backgrounds. Well, how, how do you see, how do you see Latinos playing a role later on down, you know, four, five, eight, ten years? Like, because I, I saw that that made a, that, that like, that, that sort of, so to speak, rung bells and, you know, in our community. It's like, yo, wow. So Absolutely. what do you think about that? 
Absolutely. We need to keep on mobilizing Latino voters. I mean, uh, you know, Comedy for Democracy, the stuff that I write, it's nonpartisan. So I'm not telling you, hey, vote Republican, vote Democratic. I'm just saying vote. I'm just presenting you with the facts and letting people make educated decisions, right? But uh, for example, Latinos, they mobilized Latinos in Arizona, and we were able to turn Arizona blue, we were able to turn Georgia blue. Mm. And a lot of this was because Latinos came out to vote. Asians came out to vote. You know, Black people came out to vote. The African-American community came out to vote. And so it's, it's huge. You know what I'm saying? And let me tell you how huge this is. Because all of these POCs came out to vote, we now have control of the Senate. Okay? So what does that mean? Immediately, what does that mean, right? When people tell me, oh, you're exaggerating. And I'm like, no, these things have real life consequences. Those, that $1,200 stimmy that we got once, you know what I'm saying? The, the measly pennies that people are getting on unemployment, that's all gonna change. You know what I'm saying? Come January 20 and afterwards, I'm expecting to be able to live a higher quality of life because the Senate, represents my values so yeah. it matters people think it doesn't matter but let me tell you when we have our new senator sworn in our new congressman our new president and vice president sworn in you better believe that we're gonna see more money in our bank accounts people are still are gonna struggle a little less you know what i'm saying people are struggling right now and that's what people don't understand that electing these people in office is the difference between you eating and not eating you having a roof for your head or your head or not. Do you, do you think, um, you know, now that we're going to have Biden, you know, a, a lot of people are, you know, they joke like, okay, it's finally, we get to have a boring president, you know, for once. Right. You know, we've had so much like drama with Trump, but don't you think dr Trump, um, got a lot of people back into politics. I mean, you know, people were like talking about politics in a way that they never did just because they disagree with him on stuff. And do you think there's a danger of like having Biden kind of be like this boring guy that people that kind of support him and got him into office kind of just, you know, go back into not really caring about politics and we can easily just start Republicans can take over or, 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 or forget even Republicans taking over just like, Will young people still be so so deeply involved in politics? You know, you're, that's a fair question. And that's always what happens. It's like people get super political whenever there's election, whenever there's an election rolling around. And then after the election, it's like they don't care. But the reality is, man, I, I really hope not. I don't think that we can afford to do that. I really just... Don't think that we can afford it. We can we can't afford to not care. That's how these people get away with this. You know what I'm saying? That's how these big corporations have those huge tax breaks. That's how the president pays less in taxes than I do, than probably uh -huh. all of us. You know what I'm saying? I really hope not, Jamie. Um, but you know, unfortunately, you know how you say that Trump made a lot of people interested in all that. Trump, unfortunately, like sparked a lot of hate right and yeah. a lot of and a lot of come on the, the white supremacists came out of the woodworks <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's yeah. like so i really i really hope you know well, people Carmen, see that it's important he, he inspired a lot of passion though too whether it was misguided passion or or it was passion against or for him it that's the type of passion that i'm hoping 
that, you know, people like just, just keep, you know, keep, keep reading and keep like knowing what's going on in, in, in the, you know, regarding the politics that affect you and your family and, 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 you know, the rest of the country, you know what I mean? But yeah. you, you know, oh, Carmen, what you failed to read, you said white supremacists, but a lot of Latinos voted for him and a lot of blacks mm-hmm. voted for him too. Perfect. So, I, I, you know, I hate, to, I hate to burst the bubble, but, you know, a lot of people say he's going to come back in four years. So I'm just letting, you know, that, right. that deal even, you know, and that, 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 that rhetoric is still there. So we may see him again in four years. He wasn't impeached, Ab- right? Absolutely. I mean, he's been in he's 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 been impeached. Now it's a matter of it goes to the Senate and you have to choose to prosecute him. So so, you know, it depends. Right. But um, like you said, like you said, Frank, Latinos voted for him. Yeah. And here's here's another thing. Let's talk about this Mia Ponceto chick. Uh, We know who that is. Right. Soho Karen. (laughs) Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, Karen. Yeah. So I'm I'm working on a segment preview for you guys, but it's called Fifty Shades of Karen. Okay. (laughs) Karen's come in all kinds of colors, okay? And um internalized racism within the Latino community is real. Mm. It is real. Wow, thank you. And a lot of those Trump voters are, in my opinion self-hating people who who you know felt empowered by trump you know just because we're latino doesn't mean we're not racist especially if you're a passing latino you know what i'm saying you know but think about it there's a lot of internalized racism within our community i mean look at sammy sosa's face (laughs) oh my god That is clearly a man who does not love himself. Yo, (laughs) poor Sammy. I mean, black in the day, his skin color was perfectly fine. You know, I I don't get that. That's that Dominican shit, though. He poured a a gallon of Clorox over himself. Sammy, ghost star. Ghost star. Good one. I was waiting for the first Jamie uh, dance. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, you know what I'm saying? I mean, Latinos are, are... unfortunately have the ability to be prejudiced as well. Carmen, this is not in the positive political realm, but what did you think of that whole story with Alec Baldwin's wife? She's trying to uh, if you didn't know about this listeners. Oh man, there's more tea to spill. Yeah. Go! Oh, Rachel, I Let didn't it. even tell you. I'm gonna put this girl, I'm gonna put this girl on blast anyways. I, I can't believe I didn't forward you guys this cheese and all this cheese. Man. Okay, <laughs> so when I saw the Hilaria thing, I had all of the peeps hitting me up like, what do you think about this? And 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 the first thing I thought was like. I know this girl. I know this woman. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I feel like I've met plenty of people who like went abroad or speak Spanish. And then the moment that they see me, you know, they're like, Hola, chica, que tal mujer? Como estas? <laughs> and, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, uh, yeah, I know this woman. And there's a lot of people that that do that and yeah. and and, th- and then I, I scrolled through her Instagram and I looked at her stuff and I know Alec Baldwin's like a hardcore Democrat and and you know progressive but not once did I see anything about you know the kids in cages about you know the immigration uh, reform and policies that are working against you know Latinos I thought what was even funnier though, 
because to clarify, the people from Spain are technically white. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So oh, they're my, not Latino. Me. Say that I again, Frank. I didn't know that. Spaniards are considered white, really? They're white. They're that European. blood is European. European. They're white. Okay. So they can be there. That's why when people are like, oh, I'm Spanish. I'm like, I would never say I'm Spanish because that's the colonizer. <laughs> right? So, um, so. Like my father, that's my father. I still yeah, got my Puerto Rican side. My Puerto Rican side balances me, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jamie. Are uh, you Spanish? I thought you were Dominican. From my my, I'm Puerto Rican from my mother and, and Spaniard from my father. But I know it's European. Yeah. <laughs> I know. What do you have to say for yourself and your people. Yeah. <laughs> but I think what was funniest to me was Ireland Baldwin. You know, um. The daughter of Alec and what was the wife? The the original Mrs. Baldwin, the famous actress, y'all. Oh, um, Kim ba Kim Basinger. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So so or she Basinger. like put out, yeah she put out a tweet in defense of her and she was like, uh, I respect all Latinx people or something. Mm. It's like, girl, she ain't Latinx. Like, what are mm. you? Like, I mean, look, I don't think Hollywood. fooled. She even had her stepdaughter. Hollywood is the last oh place God. to like look for, you know, like, like they don't, they had that whole recent, the controversy with I Love Lucy, right? Where people were like, why is Javier Bardem being, uh, you know, chosen to play, uh, you know, Desi Arnaz, you know, because he's, you know, uh, Desi Arnaz is Cuban and, um, you know, this guy, uh, Javier is Spaniard, right? So, Holly was the last place to look to, to look for, you know, them figuring out what's Latino, what's Hispanic, what's your they're just all over the place with it. If you have an accent, you're you're foreign, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um what 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 um Alec Baldwin's wife though, she took it to another level though, because she just didn't have an accent. There were clips of her actually like pretending to not know like what words were. It was like, how do you say um you call these uh, avocado? How do you call these? Stop I'm it. Like, Yo. <laughs> That was OD to me. It's one thing if you're just going to have an accent like, you know, Madonna goes to England and she has all of a sudden a British yeah. accent. And, you know, you understand it. It's like, OK, that's what they're you know, that's what Madonna does. Hello, but, I'm the material girl. But she's not like forgetting American words. She's not like pretending to be like, what do you what? what I don't understand. What do you Americans call? Um, is it pizza? Is it pizza? Oh. So this and woman she took did it to the another. Whole, she did the whole how you say like how that. How do you say? She you said, haven't seen it? No. Let me do a reenactment for you. So she's like on a live cooking show. She's like, okay, so you need some over this. And then she's like, and, and then how do you say this? This over here? And it's cucumber. She's like, oh, cucumber. But you know what? Me and my uh, amateur sleuth moves. <laughs> I think I know why Hilaria in that interview decided to go with the accent. Because... Wow the host of the show was Latina. Mm. And she was doing what other white people do to me all the time, which is the moment they figure it out. They're like, oh, um, you know, how do you say, it? you know, like and all of a sudden, like, you know, their, their Latinx side comes out. So I really feel like she did one of those things, you know, where she was like, uh, she was code switching. That's not how you code switch. Yeah, that was, that was, that was extreme code switching. Yeah. But speaking of community, speaking of people faking Latinx, and now I'm not going to say any names, but I think it's important to, to talk about. Now, 
there is a comedian within our community, Rachel. Uh oh. I told you I was half. I told you, I, Carmen, I'm half. All right, I can still claim it. What do you? <laughs> juicy, juicy. But there is a woman who um, was like applying to like Latinx stand-up nights and like all of these things. And she would make, she makes sketches in Spanish. She even did a hilarious sketch where she's like making fun of her. A Latino comedian comes out and he posted in our in a sketch group, like a Facebook group, like, hey guys, just FYI, do not book this woman on your Latinx nights because she's not Latina. And so he screenshotted conversations and because she was trying to be a part of his stand-up show. And he's like, wait, so let me get something straight. Were your parents born in Argentina? Like, what's the, she goes, no, I lived there for many years. I consider myself trans Latina. Holy sh, wow. Oh, wow, that's a new one. That's a new one. That's a new one. <laughs> How far back can my eyes roll in their head? Not only is she co-opting an entire ethnic group, Latinos, but then she's co-opting the word trans Dang. that's Specifically, you know, is to it belongs to another group. Wow. You no, know, so this has like, so many layers. Where do we start? <laughs> I, I'm gonna yeah. show you the screenshot, the Twitter. I gotta find the comedian, but like so then I went deep into Twitter and started looking. And so she called herself Trans Latina. I gotta find this comedian. So a guy posted a song on Twitter and he goes, Welcome to the hotel trans Latina. <laughs> <laughs> And that, she has yet to address it. This is a New York comedian, Rachel, that, that you probably know. She has wow. yet to address it. Oh, and shit. she still has her hilarious sketch up. Like, how is she, like, I don't get it. Carmen, please let me know. I don't want to make any mistakes just in case. This is how she self-identifies, Carmen. <laughs> you guys. I'm blessed. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm trying to narrow it down in my head, but whoa, wait. So can I ask you guys a question? Mm, like, yeah. and this is not in defense of said female. Um, but this does beg a bigger question too. I don't know how many years she claims to have oh. lived in a Latin country, but then are you? Is this real? Could you be that culturally entrenched? that you kind of feel that you're part of the culture and have the ability to own these, you know, traditions that we write about and talk about. Where's yeah. that line? What if you were conceived, you know, in the Dominican Republic, but your parents are as German as they get, you know, are you Dominican culturally? Like what if you spent half your life there? I I'm so lost. That's a fair, that's a fair question. I mean, yeah. because that's a real thing, you know what I'm saying? Um, but they're born there, you know, they live there. And the thing is, is that she couldn't, she can create content in Spanish, go for it. The thing is, is that this could have been her shtick. This could have been her shtick. I'm a white girl who loves Argentina and that loves Spanish. That could have been her whole joke. Like her joke still could have landed if she, would just fess up to it. That's funny. That's a funny thing. Like, hey, I'm this yeah. white girl and I, and I love Latino people and I really wish I was Latina. 
And what's the goal? Do you feel, do they feel like they can like take that, you know, they think that route is easier, you know, in a way to try to, to, to try to be, mm. um, you know, to go the diverse route. And then all of a sudden when they make, if they make it, they can, then they can be like, oh, you know, I speak really good Spanish, but I'm not Latino, you know? So yes. do you, it's, it's, it's strategic maybe. And it, but it's absolutely strategic. It, it's mm. it, people will lose respect for you, you know, at least, at least real, you know, the real people, the, you know, they, they, they'll see that's kind of like disrespecting the culture and, and, and disrespecting the people in it. So. Um, it's as hell. And like, there was a, I, I'm, this was a few years ago, but there was like some from a respected acting studio in Los Angeles where like this acting teacher was telling people like change your last names, make it something ambiguous, make it ethnic. Mm -hmm. You guys remember that? Nobody. Um, I heard of this. Yes. So oh they were like, you know, uh, give yourself an ethnic name, and I, they're taking up space that doesn't belong to them. Ooh. That's the problem. <clears throat> taking up space that doesn't belong to them. You guys know. We're, we're working so hard to carve out a, a little bit of space for ourselves. We're still severely underrepresented. Sure. And then sure. when people come and they take what little bit we have, that's, that's yeah. messed up. Yeah. And, and those same people, and those, those, people like, those same people won't um, hire other Latinos either. You know what I mean? Like even if they were to get big, right? Or whatever, but they're not, they're not also trying to fill up the room with, with diverse people, you know, they're, they're really definitely like on the, on the selfish tip, but I don't know. I mean, it's, it's going to happen. I mean, you know, everybody kind of, especially if it, when it comes to actors and stuff like that, where they can kind of just become um, different people, <laughs> they're taking a yeah. little too, like a little too, a little too far. That sounds like Scarlett Johansson. Anybody remember when like they got mad at her for playing that Asian character? And then she's yeah. like, I'm an actor though. I should be allowed to. Right. But guys, you guys, but, but you guys being actors, you think someone should stop you from playing a certain ethnicity because you're Carmen, you're Mexican. You shouldn't be able to play a Puerto Rican girl or a Dominican girl if you're doing a great job. I mean, you're not. I'm not Mexican, but I could probably pay a, play a Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Okay, let's talk about that first. Okay. Um, what, what, depending on the role. Yeah. <laughs> my family's Guatemalan. No, I think there we're splitting hairs. I think we're splitting hairs there. But they're uh, like, okay, we're splitting hairs, but sometimes we do need to split those hairs, right? Oh, here I am coming with a tea. I mean, did y'all watch the Selena series? Anybody? Uh, oh, let's Naya. talk about it. I gave it three episodes and that was it. Oh, snap. So, I okay, you haven't seen it. You got to see it, Jamie. Just see it from a writer's perspective. Yeah. I don't want to shit on it because I really respect the writers. And like, you know, God, like I said, we get so little. It's like, I don't want to shit on the little things that we get. But, um, but right, you know how we were talking, Frank, about splitting hairs? It's like, I'm, I'm not, Jayla was Puerto Rican and she played a Mexican, right? She played right. Selena. But she did that role justice and nobody yeah. denies that, right? She killed that shit. She killed it. And this new uh, Selena, Christian Serratos, um, she's half white. Uh, she's she's Italian and Mexican. Whoa. And um, and let me tell you, she's half white and it shows. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Selena was Selena. That's how she preferred to be called. <laughs> Not that I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, but um, Selena, like she was a brown woman. She was mm. a thick woman Facts. daring to be thick when, you know, this was the 90s and Coke Chic was in, you know what I'm saying? So the fact that she could be this performer and be herself and be and be at a, a non-conventional body type break beauty standards and then they give us this new selena that's whitewashed it's Ooh. you know that's where we are. i think that that's where we're allowed to start splitting hairs because she's yeah. at least four shades darker than the original selena and mm. uh, she doesn't have those curves i mean so she's been whitewashed uh carmen yeah what do you think oh. rachel yeah, I think casting was really not done well for the show. And, you know, I, I see the home, you know, homegirl's Instagram. She's a talented actress, but she's not Selena. Yeah. Let me let me pose a question for you, Rachel, because I thought about that to myself, too. And I'm sure all of us as, as actors, as performers, I've, I've thought about that to myself. It's like if I were to get a role that like wasn't for me, you know, but I still took it because it would be the role of a lifetime. Oh, yeah. um, like, for example, I'm Guatemalan, right? Guatemala is still a predominantly indigenous country. Okay. Like, like the, 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 the language is Spanish there, but you better believe that people are still speaking their native tongue. You know, there's, it's still an indigenous country. Now, for example, if there were to be a biopic about Rigoberta Menchu, which was uh, this famous uh, indigenous woman from Guatemala that, you know, I met her by the way, Nobel peace yeah. prize winning Rigoberta yes. Menchu came to Brooklyn college and I got to meet Amazing. her and shake her hand. Mm. Amazing. And she's so inspirational. You guys got to check her, her story out. Um, but Rachel, perfect example. So you know who I'm talking about? I'm Guatemalan. I, I definitely am indigenous. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but I'm also, you know, I'm also a product of colonization, right? But if someone were to tell me, hey, will you play Rigoberta Menchu? I don't think I could do that. There should be a door opened for a real indigenous woman to take that role. You know what I'm saying? Because I was trying to figure out like, put myself in, in these people's shoes. I was trying to put myself yeah. in Christian shoes, you know, That's and fair. like, can I, can I not? And if I were her man, I would have said no. Oh. I think that's fair. And I've never been in that situation, but you, your instinct tells you, you know, whether or not you're cut for that role, you're fit for that role. Playing Selena is a dream come true. Right. So I don't know what is in homegirl's thoughts or in her manager's thoughts or in her paycheck or where her career is now that the series is out. Like, God bless you. But I wonder what her instincts told her and whether or not she just had to go to sleep one night and say, this is my fucking career. It's I'm an actor. So yeah. fuck everybody. I, I mean, look, every actor has as an ego. So you, you got to take that into account, too. It's like if somebody tells you, like, maybe you shouldn't do this, uh, the act, you know, a lot of actors and, you know, their response to that would be like, oh, let me show you, you know. So I don't I, you know, I, I, I think an actor is going to want to be like, I can do I can prove you wrong. Um, it, it's just that kind of thing in them. So I wouldn't really I, I, I wouldn't really hate on someone who took on a challenge that they thought that they could 
hit out the park and take the criticism yeah. afterwards. But if you do it and you don't, uh, you know, deliver, you deliver, or you know what I mean, hit the landing, you know what I mean, like, um, then you're gonna you're gonna have Yo, to deal with the dude. criticism. And then you know that's what you were, you know, that's what it is. That's show business. Go to the next job, and and you know, hopefully your career continues to to to, to go. I'm sure, play. she's gonna do so well. Yo, seeing her bony butt in that purple <laughs> outfit, like the, the staple outfits that we know, the glitter <laughs> outfits, the bra shit, like seeing her body in that. She's I, I real thin. She's real thin. Oh, no. Don't even get me started. Now, if you were to ask me, Carmen, could you play Selena? I would say, yes, I could have played oh, Selena. <laughs> yeah, but yes, you could. Yes, yes you I could. could. And the dancing offended me. But for those of you who don't know, I am, you know, a dancer, professional. I was a professional dancer for a long time. The dancing offended me. Her like Selena hands. She was like. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I know. And I don't want to hate on on this woman and all of these people who worked on the show. Um, I don't we don't. But you know what? It's it's important for us to also criticize it because. Yeah, we're not gonna get better if we're not speaking up. Just yeah, go to Twitter. Okay. Just go to Twitter. The journalists, the the bloggers, a lot of the Dominican artists that we know posted their opinions of the Selena series, and it was quite mm. interesting. And there's still, there's still, there's still, there's still a season two coming. So, yeah. yeah. And now, well, and they and they brought Yolanda, y'all. Like, also, like, can't we just let this poor woman rest? Yo, but this bitch is in jail right now. Like, uh huh, (laughs) bitches. You'll see, they still talking about me, bitches. They still. still (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, she spent. Apparently, she's like in isolation a lot because bitches want to kill her. (laughs) Of course, they did showing up in prison. Like the bitch that killed Selena's here. Oh, oh the razor guys, blade that, is that coming out my tongue. Now, I think that needs to be a sketch. <laughs> <laughs> it's like trying to develop plots to kill the bitch that killed Selena. Like, <laughs> imagine, like, I could see us getting arrested just to get inside that prison. Yes, oh <laughs> That's a film. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it, it should be like... Uh, oceans, Oceanos Ocho, or something like a bunch oh of badass bitches breaking. <laughs> to see oh Orlando. Can you pitch that to Netflix? That's the that's a Selena centric <laughs> show I want to see. That's yeah, yeah, the yeah. spinoff, and we're recasting Selena. All right. Speaking of uh, rapping and shooting, we have to wrap this interview sadly. <laughs> oh, um, but Carmen, I, congrats just on becoming such a wonderful and beautiful, eloquent Renaissance woman who's so really kind. owning stuff, doing things with her talent. Again, just adapting to the pandemic ways, becoming digital, being an inspiration. I can go on forever, you know, being the gatekeeper of your home, flying back and forth, holding it down. Like, you know, we're not going to go into your personal life, but you went through some stuff in Chicago. You're back. You held it down. And and congrats on everything. And we wish you so much success in 2021. Please, you guys, one time for Carmen Mendoza. Thank you. Love you guys. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. 
And then I'm going to see you, I think, tomorrow night or Thursday night for a meeting because we just got our hilarious little series greenlit by a new comedy app. Starting to brainstorm our 10-episode series. So stay tuned on that. And I can't wait to work with you more, girl. We love you. Looking forward to it. You guys, so good to see you. Stay safe. Stay safe. Thank you. You too, girl. Bye, Carmen. There have never been more options for your next vehicle, but the right choice has never been clearer. That's because Toyota has a high-performing hybrid built for your exact needs, like the stylish all-new Camry XSE Hybrid and Venza, the spacious Highlander and all-new Sienna with more cargo space, and the fuel-efficient and high-performing RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota hybrids save you time and money, filling up less often at the gas station. And of course, all with 10-year, 150,000-mile warranty on new models. Take the next step. Visit Toyota. Toyota.com slash hybrid or your local Toyota dealership to learn more.